Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This week we talked about uh, some more Sonic stuff. We talked about the whole H3H3 uh, Steven Crowder debacle. Talked about Steven Crowder running away, uh, getting absolutely embarrassed by Sam Cedar and Ethan Klein. Then we uh, talked about Windows 11 and just some of the more weird decisions that Microsoft has made. Uh, We talked about LGBT representation and Disney actually kind of did it right this time. And then we talked about plumbers don't wear ties. This week's quote unquote movie of the week. I would say watch it before listening, but I mean, I regret watching it. It's that bad. But anyway, there's timestamps listed out down below, so you can skip around if you want to skip a certain part, or if you just can't wait to get to a certain part, that's all listed out down below. Just skip to this to the timestamp. Really, we don't mind. A download is a download. Follow us on social media. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube. I just started uploading on my personal YouTube channel, so go check that out. Subscribe so you don't miss the next uh, upload. I'm going to record my second official commentary-style video in the next day or two. And, uh, yeah, follow Jake on Twitter, follow him on, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash underscore rivals. He is not streaming currently, but make sure you're following him so you know when he does stream. And, uh, of course, subscribe to this show so you don't miss next week's episode. And turn on notifications for new episodes, turn on automatic downloads, and, uh, let's just jump into it. So, yeah, as I was saying, though, Steven Crowder started a dick measuring contest and then he just immediately dropped out because like the most like ironic thing i think is that it started off with steven crowder being like oh yeah this ethan klein dude you know he 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 found this clip of him if um for the audience and if you don't know ethan did uh, a segment on the podcast where he uh he was talking about the uh, the covid vaccine and he was talking about how people are like, you know, doing like their own research with the biggest finger quotes imaginable, basically just reading shit on Facebook and being like, oh, well, it turns you into Magneto. So I guess I'm not going to take it. Ethan was basically saying like, it's it's not that complicated. It's It's gone through the testing. The CDC says it's safe. Scientists, doctors say it's safe, you don't really have to think about it. And so Steven Crowder saw that and he was like, um, I think that you should think about things. And it's like, well, you you know what he's saying. So then he was like, he, he challenged Ethan to a debate and he called it a layup. And he was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be so easy because that's what Steven Crowder is used to. He's used to sitting down with like college freshmen and sophomores and being like, abortion is bad. Change my mind. And by the way, he says that it's the change, the change my mind segments aren't debates, even though they are definitely they set clearly up are. as debates. They clearly are. If I, okay, if I tell you, um, if I tell you my opinion on abortion and then I'm like, change my mind, that's literally the, like the definition of a debate. So right. I don't know like where he's getting his definitions mixed up, but yeah. So Steven Crowder is used to debating people that don't know what they're talking about or people in, that in know addition, less about what they're talking about than he does. 
in addition, that whole phrase changed my mind. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a nudge or like a push to, you know, actually get into a debate, even if it's, even if you agree with the person. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's set up in such an adversarial way because it's like, this is my thing and you are my opponent. It's not a debate, but we're just going to, you know, give arguments back and forth in support of our uh, ideas. But it's not a debate. <laughs> and what he does is he set he like will set up a booth at a college campus, which, by the way, why do why why is it that conservatives whole thing seems to be going to campuses where they're not like invited like no one's asking for them to be there they just show up and start arguing with basically grown children right like that's like caitlin bennett ben shapiro stephen crowder they they all do this thing where they like just walk up to young people and the the point of the video like it, it's a it you notice it with caitlin bennett's videos uh i don't know if you know who she is um, no, she, uh, she's the girl, the gun girl from Kent state. She took like an assault rifle to graduation oh. because the second amendment. Oh my God. And now she does That's this pretty, like pretty cringe. Not going to lie. Yeah. She runs this like grifty YouTube channel, Liberty hangout. And her whole thing is she goes either to the beach or she goes to college campuses to do like street interviews with like college students or just beachgoers with, pe with people who don't give a shit with, yeah with people who are just trying to go about their day like if you're if you're going to the beach you are not approaching someone that is ready to have any conversation outside of chocolate or vanilla because you're getting them ice cream it's the fucking beach so anyway she like she will go to these places and do these man on the street interviews and no matter which way it goes she she can either be if if no one like agrees with her then she can be like look at how stupid these kids are or if they agree with her then it's like see even the kids agree with me and even with the odds stacked in her favor that much she still manages to make herself look bad in all of these videos i i i strongly urge you and the listener to uh watch some Caitlyn Caitlyn Bennett Liberty Hangout videos because She'll be like, uh, gender is only when penis or vagina. And then people are like, no. And she has no, like, comeback for that other than, like, you stupid liberal. Right. Or what's even better is people will, like, mention that she shit her pants at a, at a frat party, which she did. And... <laughs> Like it, it just, it kind of shuts the conversation down because she never denies it. She always just tries to like pivot away or be like, oh wow, real mature, but she never denies it, which I think is the funniest part. But anyway, yeah. So Steven Crowder challenged Ethan to this layup of a debate, thought he was just going to go in, do his conservative dialogue tree and then be like, look at how I owned H3H3, but and by the way, a little bit more backstory for you and the, well, I, I already told you, but the listener might not know right. that Steven Crowder was uh, scheduled to debate Sam Cedar at Politicon a few years ago. I don't remember what year, but it was, uh, it, it was like uh, a few years ago. 
And uh, once Steven Crowder found out he was debating Sam Cedar, who is well regarded as a really good debater, uh, he, he backed out. And everyone started calling him Cold Feet Crowder and St- Stephen Coward, which, yeah, I <laughs> that's a completely good endorse. <laughs> Com- I completely endorse bullying Stephen Crowder because he's just that awful of a human being. Um, I'll I'll link some reactions. I, I won't link the original video because I don't want to give him any more views than he already has. But I'll link some like Hasanabi or whatever. Uh, reactions to some of steven crowder's more particularly horrible uh rants like he's racist homophobic misogynistic the the whole the whole checklist but anyway so yeah he was he was supposed to debate sam cedar at politicon and then he backed out his producer slash dad pulled him out doesn't want him to debate people that like know what they're talking about uh and then he was uh gavin mcginnis who's like an actual neo-nazi invited Sam Cedar on his show. And then Sam Cedar was like, nah, I don't want to do it. And this was during COVID too. So it's like, it's a neo-Nazi show and it's during COVID. So it's like, no, I don't want to do that. But then Gavin McGinnis was like, I can get you Sam. I can get you Steven Crowder. So Sam was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for free. No appearance fee or anything. Let's get going with that. And uh, Steven backed out of that too. So he's clearly like, terrified of sam cedar so it makes it that much more satisfying and like cathartic when ethan klein starts off the debate and you know he's he brings up like the spartans and and man love with children and stuff and steven's like oh this is a layup and then who who makes their freaking anime battle appearance sam cedar and Stephen, you can see the fear in his eyes when uh, when Sam Cedar shows up. He literally, Stephen Crowder literally says, "Oh, Sam Cedar, what a fucking nightmare!" That is the most genuine thing he has ever said, uh, Stephen Crowder. And uh, so yeah, it just goes off the rails from there. Everyone's like yelling over each other. Well, it's really Stephen and his people yelling over Ethan and Sam, like just trying to like have a conversation. Really more Sam. Ethan's just kind of sitting there taking it all in. Yeah, Ethan makes a comment here and there. Sam's trying to be like, hey, you know, let's start the conversation. Or he tries to, like, you know, respond to things that Steven Crowder says. And uh, it, it it's so annoying because Crowder acts like he's being interrupted when he's just him and his people are going off nonstop. And then Sam asks him something, and then before he can even finish asking the question, uh, Crowder's like, can I answer your question? Can I answer your question? Can I, can I answer your question? It's like, fucking hell, you've, you've had, you've had the floor for how many minutes now, and you haven't stopped talking, just let him finish his question. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, basically Crowder, like, proved that he's a coward while trying to be like, no, I'm not a coward. You're actually the coward. Cause you brought in Sam Cedar, the guy that I'm afraid to debate. So yeah, after doing all kinds of like deflection and projecting Crowder ends up just leaving the call. And I got to say, Steven Crowder has a unique talent, I guess, when it comes to just getting fucking body slammed uh verbally in, in like public appearances because this isn't the first time he's been utterly destroyed by someone like like in a, in a similar 
capacity. So Steven Crowder used to be like back in like 2013 ish. He was trying to be like a, a mainstream comedian. He was, he was trying to like break into stand up and then and, and like acting. And of course he wasn't funny. He's not funny now. He never was funny. He, he really wants to be, but really he's just racist. But yeah, so he was on, he, he was on a, a panel on some show. I don't remember what the show was. But the, uh, the the other comedian that he was with was uh, basically called him like uh, like not a real comedian, like to his to his face. And guess who guess who it was that did that? Who? Amy Schumer. Oh, my God. Freaking Amy Schumer. <laughs> put him in his place. I don't like Amy Schumer, but I do think it makes it that much more funny that the person that ended his comedy career was Amy freaking Schumer. Like that, I mean, at least if it was like a good comedian, I could see it really affecting you. But the fact that it was Amy Schumer or like, I don't know, there's there's a certain level of, I guess, like honor to getting destroyed by a, a good comedian. Like if Bill Burr roasts you, you... you you can at least be like, Hey, you know, that's, I don't know. There's a certain level of, I guess, honor and integrity to that. That just isn't there. If you get demolished by Amy Schumer, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So his show louder with Crowder just as a whole is a perfect representation of, uh, when white guys that aren't funny at all, think that they can't make it in comedy because of like cancel culture. You see this a lot at like open mics where like white guys, it, I mean, I know it is probably not exclusively that, but it happens a lot with like white guys that think they're funny that just like don't make it. And they think it's because they're like too edgy or like people just can't handle the truth. And like Steven Crowder is like, he's like the textbook example of that. Yeah. The whole thing with like, uh, not wanting or saying that he doesn't want to debate Sam because he has a smaller audience, which by the way, Sam Cedar has a mil over a million subscribers on YouTube. So it's not like he's a small, um, it's not like it's a small channel. Right. I feel like on YouTube after you hit like around half a million, I would say that's like moderately popular. And then once it hits 1 million, that's pretty popular. And then anything, you know, above that is, you know, really popular. Yeah. I'd say once you hit, I don't know, even like a hundred thousand, that's, that's something that's definitely higher. Like that, once you hit a hundred thousand, which is like a 10th of what Sam Cedar has, once you hit that amount at that point, you can't really be written off like, Oh, this guy's audience is too small. It's a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah. That, that's that at least warrants a guest spot. Um, but yeah, so he tries to be like, Oh, well, you know, my my audience would be like Sam who because they don't know who you are. And it's like, well, introduce them. Also, I doubt that the people you harass out on the street have a million subscribers. I also thought it was really ironic when he told Ethan like, uh, oh, don't hide behind Sam Cedar as his like co-host is on the is on screen. His his little leprechaun co-host, the guy that he uh, he usually has make like sly comments 
his like sidekick he's on camera steven crowder is not and he has the audacity to say hey don't hide behind sam cedar right yeah i guess the final point that i want to make with this is uh this was possibly the worst way that this situation could have been handled uh on on steven's part because if obviously the smartest thing to do is to just engage with the debate because either way the 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 video the next day the clip that goes up is going to be Steven Crowder demolishes Ethan Klein and or Sam Cedar in the marketplace of ideas or whatever like that's gonna be what he uploads i mean he already has a clip where he talks about how he like totally destroyed Ethan Klein and and they unfairly ambushed him so, I mean, he's going to spin it regardless, and his audience will eat it up. There's always going to be a, a some percentage of people, especially with these, like, right-wing cult leaders, there's always going to be some portion that will think that they won no matter what. So if he had just done that, he could have spun it easily. Or, and this would still be cowardly, but he wouldn't look as bad if he had just cut off the call when Sam Cedar got there. I mean, it obviously would have looked suspicious, but I mean, he doesn't really have many good options at this point. But if he had just cut off the call and had said, oh, you know, I'm having technical difficulties. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't uh, continue with this. Then he has some plausible deniability. He doesn't have to do the debate. He doesn't have to like concede or anything. And he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't look as bad, but yeah, after, after what happened where he basically pussied out and, you know, showed his, how cowardly he is, Crowder's own fans are now saying like, yeah, I would have liked to see the debate. So like some of it, like a, a lot of his audience are seeing through this, like the next day on, on Sam Cedar's show, the majority report, uh, he he had someone call in that was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Steven Crowder. You probably wouldn't have changed my mind, but I still would have liked to see the debate. And I, I think it's weird that he wouldn't talk to you. So yeah, Steven Crowder chose the worst possible, uh, course of action for this. Cause there's, it's a lot harder to spin this because people see right through it. Every pretty much you, this is one of the, uh, rare, beautiful moments on the internet where everyone agrees that someone fucked up because like on the internet there's always a lot of disagreement and you know there's always like you know multiple sides to everything but this is a beautiful moment where the stars have aligned and just everyone is in agreement steven crowder is a jackass and that's putting it lightly all right so do you want to get into the uh the Sonic segment. Yep. First of all, I saw this on YouTube the other day. Sonic the Hedgehog is getting his own DLC in Minecraft. And I got to say, I don't get it. Like, it's it's cool. It's cool and all. I'm not going to deny that. But, like, Minecraft DLC used to be so much simpler. Like, you'd have, like, the Skyrim or Fallout DLC where it's like, you know, you get some skins you get a new texture pack and right. you get, you know, a pre-made world and you can, you can explore it and stuff. You know, even something as recent as like the Mario DLC is still 
in that like category. But at this point, they're just remaking Sonic the Hedgehog in Minecraft. Like yeah, it looks like it was, it's the same format and everything. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like Sonic One and like sorry my bad. It was like Green Hill Chemical Plant and like another stage. Yeah, I don't remember. yeah. It starts off with Green Hill and then yeah, there's some Chemical Plant. I yeah, I don't recognize what this other stage is, but yeah, it's it's just Sonic, but shittier. This is exactly like what I was talking about last week with the Ben 10 DLC, how like Minecraft's DLC has just become putting other games in Minecraft. Like uh, someone in the comments said uh, Minecraft is pretty much just a game engine at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I recognize that like this affects me in, in no way at all. And I have no reason to be like upset about it, but still I'm so confused because it's, it's literally just like, it's the same like platforming and gameplay, but in Minecraft for some reason, mm-hmm. it is $8. It's $8. That's not terrible. It's the same as the, uh, the Ben 10 one. They made a DuckTales one and a Jura- Jurassic world. How to meet your dragon. Holy shit. They, Frozen uh, 2? Wow, they, they really are doing everything. The hell? You know, I hate the way that Minecraft, uh, like the, the Minecraft store works because it's not even like in dollars. Like you, it, it's kind of like like V-Bucks. Like you buy the or coins like, like and then you use points. the coins. They're going back to the stupid Microsoft point shit. Remember that? In like the uh, early 360 vaguely. era where it was like 1,600 yeah, Microsoft points. It was like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Or I think uh, didn't Nintendo used to do that with the Wii? Yep. Yeah, they had the the Wii Shop points and the DSI points. Yeah, and it doesn't even correspond one to one. Right. I mean, that, at least Nintendo now they have like the gold coin things, and where basically it's like ten coins is like ten cents. Yeah, I no, see that as no, like a. Is it? No, no, I think it's, it's not 10 one cents. coin is one penny. Yeah. Yep. Yep. One. Yeah. So, yeah, I was right then. <laughs> See, I don't mind that as much because it's like a rewards program. It's it, right. It's not the currency for the right, shop. It's not a currency. So I don't mind that as much. I kind of like it, actually. Like, it's it's cool saving them up and then, you know, getting a a $2 game when it's on sale for, for nothing because you already have some coins saved up. I don't mind that. But Minecraft's fucking, like, coin-based thing, like... It's so dumb because it you don't know what anything costs unless you know what like what the conversion rate is, which I haven't bothered to learn. Like I feel like it it discourages me from buying DLC for sure cuz I just if I if I'm going to buy something like I even if it's like $5, I would rather spend $5 on it than see like oh it's 800 coins. I wonder what that is. Right. Again, it's another thing that doesn't affect me, but I still get so mad about it. I th- I think I'm more scared than anything. I think it threatens my existence to some degree. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget to say it. First, we get Minecraft and Smash. Then we get Smash in Minecraft. Eventually, right. they're just going to port the whole game over. <laughs> you know, okay, so... 
when I was younger, um, and I didn't have like a PC to play like modded Minecraft or whatever, I was the only person in my friend group. We I used this program program called Horizon. So I'd basically be able to download Xbox 360 Minecraft maps and like download them, put them on a USB drive, copy them over, and then all of my friends and I, we could play them all together. So I nice. download stuff like Hunger Games or like a whole bunch of mini games like Super Mario. One of them, it was uh it was basically Super Smash Brothers. So we basically we have like knockback three uh or it was like knockback two or knockback three like swords we would and we would try to hit each other off of platforms that's so cool and then i think i think like like i would set up like beacons and like chests would have random items and stuff like that that's awesome that yeah that's that's really cool that's that's when that's when i was creative in minecraft now it's just like what the (laughs) hell is this shit because they just keep on adding so much more and more and more and it's just like it's yeah. overwhelming it's like what well, is they're, this they're spreading themselves too thin yeah ever since microsoft bought the rights to minecraft i i mean i like that it's more cohesive across platforms like you can play you know cross-platform unless you're on playstation i think because sony hates crossplay. yeah uh, but i what was that well, I'd have to take a look at what they have. Uh, Minecraft PS4. Well, anyway, I crossplay. I like that they've added crossplay. Like, I get I, I like that you can play, you know, on your phone, on your Switch, Xbox, PC, whatever, and you can all play in the same world. I like that, but they just got it. It feels so cash grabby with like mm-hmm. the, the the store and everything. It just and it it feels too corporate having having like coins as a as a currency like just just some made up currency feels so corporate it, it it's not like minecraft is a free game you still have to buy minecraft oh yeah yeah that's the thing too it's still what 30 dollars for the windows 10 edition I'm not too sure because, well, <laughs> I bought I bought Minecraft back in like 2012, like 2013, when it was like it was like a really weird price. It was like twenty seven dollars. So like I bought it on the yeah. Mojang store and then they had when Minecraft Windows 10 was coming out, they had a deal where you can get a free copy of the Windows 10 version. Yeah, that's what I so did, that's, too. That's how I got the Windows 10 version. Yeah, I I don't know. I probably wouldn't buy it today if i didn't already have it windows 10 edition like, or java yeah windows 10 edition i if i already had java and i was and i wasn't able for whatever reason to get windows 10 for free i definitely would not have bought it right i don't know i guess i'm just old fashioned uh anyway do you want to get into the uh, the next uh, segment uh yeah, so we had the uh the Sonic Symphony, which was like the 30th anniversary. They covered a lot of games, but they also skipped a whole bunch of them. One of them right off the bat, they skipped Sonic Boom entirely. They didn't cover anything from that game. Was anyone upset by that? <laughs> Probably not. They also didn't cover the Sonic Riders series, which I know a lot of whole a whole lot of people didn't play Riders, but I thought Riders was a pretty cool series. In addition, they also I skipped always the saw Sonic Riders. Game. Riders is. I always saw Riders in the store. It's very good, but is oh my gosh, it's like super complex and hard for some reason. No idea why. Yeah, isn't it like 
Sonic, but he uses a skateboard. He uses a hoverboard, yeah. He uses a hoverboard. Why do they keep giving him vehicles? I don't know. Why they had, did, they, they had it right with Sonic R where people where they were just running around. You know? Okay, after this video, um after this video <laughs> after this podcast. Remember um, to like sh- and subscribe. <laughs> By the way, speaking I've, of YouTube, I, I am starting uh I I am making content on my uh, personal channel. I'm ooh. gonna mention that in the intro. But yeah, go check check it out. Link in description. So anyway, uh, you were right. saying y- Yeah. So anyways, after after this podcast, we gotta watch a, uh this one video by Relax Alax. It's like it's called like like Super Smash Kart. It's like his idea of like an of like a new like a Mario Kart. It, it's it's he actually has a really good idea for it. Anyways, so um Sonic Symphony. These are the games that they covered. So they they kind of like split it into two different sections. They had the orchestra version, the orchestra section, and then they had the Crush Forty section. Which Crush Forty, if you don't know, that's the that's the people who do all of like the really kind of like like rock heavy kind of songs for Sonic. So basically, they start they started with the adventure games like Did Sonic do, Adventure One um, and Two. Did they do the song from Sonic X? The no. Gotta Go Fast one? No, they did not. See, I'm trying to remember. They did. Because okay, I really the, like that one. The songs that they've done is for um, Sonic Adventure 1, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog. They didn't do 06. They didn't do Unleashed. They didn't do Colors. Wow. Okay. I guess it must have been only like the early Sonic games then. The early 3D Sonic games was where they were super prevalent. Oh, oh, no, they did um, Sonic and the Black Knight. They actually had like two songs on that, which was or two or three, which was actually surprising because they only do like one or they only do like one song per game. But anyways, uh, continuing on. So for the orchestra section, we had Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles, uh, Sonic 1 and 2 for the Game Gear, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic Triple Trouble, Sonic Mania, Sonic R, Sonic Jam, Nights in the Dreams for some reason, I don't know why, uh, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, Sonic 06, Sonic Unleashed, Sonic Lost World, Sonic Forces, and Sonic Colors. My opinion, they did a good job with all the retro stuff, Sonic 1, 2, 3, Knuckles, kind of like the older stuff before they got into like the CDs with, you know, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 was pretty decent. Let's see here. Sonic Mania was pretty good. Sonic 06 was actually really good. And that is the only time that will yeah. ever be said. <laughs> okay, here okay, here here's my one thing. Even if the Sonic games aren't good, you have to admit that their music is pretty banging. The that music is, in yeah. Sonic games okay. is pretty banging. Yeah, Sonic Even is... if the games suck, they're consistent. Except the... for Sonic Boom. <laughs> the yeah, Sonic is like the epitome of like 90s early 2000s cool he's like the 90s early 2000s giga chad <laughs> well let's hear uh continuing on um sonic, sonic will fuck your dad <laughs> oh let's see here sonic unleashed i mean the songs for sonic unleashed were already you know already made as orchestral versions but just hearing it live and like hearing like all the different renditions between like the original and like the live orchestra, orchestra version, mwah, so good, so good. I'm sorry, but I will. I know a lot of people don't like Unleashed because of the Werehog, and I kind of agree. Fuck it's those kind people. Of stupid. 
but Unleashed is one of it's my favorite innovative games. innovative and genius. I think I may be a little biased towards Unleashed just because it was my first Sonic game, but eh. Sonic Forces, they only did two songs. They did the main theme, Fist Bump, and Infinite's theme. That's it. They didn't do any of the stages, which goes to show how forgettable the songs were in that game. Yeah. Oh, God, Sonic Forces was such a... I don't even know what to it, call it. I it have no adjectives for it. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just there. It was like all right. It was just it okay. Was just, My, it, it was like a rehash. It was like a, a an unnecessarily grim rehash of Sonic Generations. Mm-hmm. I, I literally have no... Like, I bought this game. I... Like, this is like the one Sonic game that I've bought recently and played through uh, recently as in like the past like year or two, but yeah, like I bought it. I completed the game and I have nothing to say about it. It is, it is so short. You can complete the game within the time period that steam allows you to do refunds and then refund the game. I, it's so, that yeah, it's, short. It's free to play. If you have an afternoon <laughs> to kill, it's free to play. If you're good enough and you skip the cutscenes. When I played through Forces, my my brain, it, I I felt like I was on autopilot the entire time. Forces, okay, so you know how, like, usually, like, some people will, like, play a game and they'll have, like, a video going in the background or they'll be, like, listening to music in the background? Yeah, that's that's how I am with, with like, Call with of Duty Sonic stuff. Forces, with Sonic Forces, it's, like, the exact opposite. Sonic Forces is what you play in the background while you're watching a video. Oh, Sonic yes. Forces I, goes on the second monitor. I think I think we forgot to mention that it is Steam Summer Sale season. I was going to mention that in recommendations, but yeah, uh, check out the Summer Sale. And I'll talk about it again when we get to there for anyone that skips around with the time codes. If you want a good Sonic game for PC, get Sonic Generations. Yeah, it's I moder- actually bought it's, that. It's kind of short, but... There are a bunch of mods out there. There's one team called the Unleashed Project where they took all of the Sonic Unleashed stages, like the daytime stages, or like the main daytime stages, and they ported them to Unle- or to Generations. I wanted to say Colors. Really, really good. It's $5 right now. That's a steal for this game. Absolutely. I, yeah, there's um, a lot of... Uh, oh, the Sonic Mania Encore DLC is on sale now. But yeah, there's a... Sonic Adventure, uh, Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 2 is $2.50. Get yeah. it. Yeah, I bought Get that it. in Generations. Now I actually own it instead of just mooching off of your library. Right. Did you did you play through Generations entirely? Yeah, I don't know if I completed the final boss battle. I think I did. Yeah, I, I at least got to the final boss battle. But yeah, it, I feel like generations like if that's like the one modern sonic game that you play especially with mods i feel like you're you're good like you get the experience so if you want to know how much i love sonic generations the main story is five out five and a half hours i've played 54 hours of sonic generations Jeez, yeah it is fun yeah it has a lot of like replay value and like how it's uh, structured I, it's just when I was playing it a lot, I got so good to a point where I could just play any level and I was just trying to go as fast as possible. I can just turn my brain off and go. I might, I might actually 
play Sonic Generations after this. Yep. I haven't played Do- a I haven't played a 3D Sonic game in like a while. Yeah, Generations is real good. Sonic Adventure 2 is pretty decent. It it it's aged. It definitely has aged. And that's just because it was released on the Dreamcast and all that good stuff. Yeah, I you know, I actually started uh the first Sonic Adventure. I didn't get past the first like 15 minutes cuz I it, it wouldn't let me. Like it it just glitched and I was stuck in uh one location. Yeah, Sonic uh, SA one Sonic Adventure one is it's 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 aged worse than Sonic Adventure two, especially especially with the the big fishing. Do do, do you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I, I mean, I I haven't played it, so I I've only played like the opening, and it was a while ago. So there's this character, Big the Cat. You know the big the big ass purple cat. Yeah. So he loses his frog. So instead of just Jumping in the water and grabbing the frog, you have to fish him. You have to play a fishing mini game to try to get the stupid ass frog. And there's other fish in the way. And so in it in he like the line will break constantly and it's super annoying to try to get the damn frog back. I I am warning you, you will probably rage when you get to that portion. That is the worst portion of the game. I'm telling you that right now. That is the worst portion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even gonna play uh is, is this in one or two that's one okay yeah i'm not gonna play one i feel like it'll be disappointing i, I feel like i can just play two and i'll be fine yeah they, they don't they don't follow the they're sonic games they don't no they don't go together also yeah, sonic there's adventure barely one, a plot sonic adventure one for pc who okay so this is a whole whole topic okay so sonic adventure one for pc so they so they released the Dreamcast version, right, which is the original version, and you know had had pretty good lighting and textures and all that stuff. Then they did Sonic Adventure Two. Sorry, my bad. They did Sonic Adventure DX for the GameCube, which was a re-release of Sonic Adventure One. I don't know why they called it Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut because there's barely any differences between the two. Yeah, besides, that's the one that I have. Yep. Besides Sonic Adventure DX being at sixty FPS. Which is nice, which is very, very nice. The thing is, they changed the lighting, they changed a bunch of the textures, and it doesn't look as good as the original Sonic Adventure 1 on Dreamcast. So then what they did is they took that... That's embarrassing, not looking as good as the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. And then what they did is they took that port, the GameCube port, and they ported it to PC on CD. And then after that, they re-released Sonic Adventure 1 for PS3, Xbox 360 in 2011 for their HD ports. And then they ported the Xbox 360 and PS3 version over to Steam. So when you're playing Sonic Adventure DX, you're playing a port of a port of a port of a port of a port. The only proper way Jesus to play this Christ. game is you to play Sonic Adventure 1 is you need to get the, it's called the Dreamcast Conversion Mod. It's like a, I don't know, like two or three gigabyte mod that completely overhauls the game and puts it back in its original state and how it's supposed to, supposed to be. In addition, Sonic Adventure 1 on PC is also locked 4x3 aspect ratio. There is no widescreen for this game. So you have to get a mod in order to make it widescreen and to upscale it and make it actually look good. So people really want to play it that bad, huh? 
You know, some people do like Sonic Adventure 1 better than 2, but I just grew up on 2, so I have a lot of nostalgia towards 2. Oh, that's understandable. So, oh, do you, okay, do you remember the, um, the Sonic Adventure 2 fan dub that I showed you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that Where, was funny. Yeah, um, what they're, so, so, you know, they, they, they dubbed over the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think they're making, I think somebody's making a mod to put those voice lines Oh God! Into please. Sonic Adventure Two as a PC mod. I uh, I, I have want to that talk to Kate about so that. Bad. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I love that. Okay, so continuing on here, we were talking about the Sonic Symphony. Yeah, we the Sonic Symphony. Um, and they also did the Sonic Colors for the orchestra, which was good. They did "I'm All of Me" from Sonic the Edgehog. Night of the Wind that from Sonic, Sonic the Edgehog or uh, Shadow the Edgehog was actually like that might be like my my second Sonic game that, that I that like, I played I'm through. I'm so sorry for you. I think I I think I played Unleashed and then Shadow. I had them both on the um well I borrowed a PlayStation 2 copy of Unleashed and then I got uh Shadow the Edgehog on PS2. I think from like a resale store. So yeah, that was like my second Sonic experience might have been like my third, but it was it was one of my formative experiences with the brand. My first Sonic experience was I was like four or five, and uh, first Sonic game that I played was Sonic Adventure Two Battle. That's why I have such a bias towards Sonic Adventure Two because it was like my first Sonic game that I played. But the first Sonic game that I owned was Sonic Unleashed for the Wii. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of like that with Shadow, where I have a bias against it. Because <laughs> I, I definitely knew what Sonic was supposed to be, and I knew that it wasn't supposed to have guns <laughs> and people saying "damn," right? Damn and hell. Yeah, like that's I, you know, as young as I was, I think I recognized how goofy it was and how like over the top edgy it was. That like one of the um one of the things that the character says when he falls off of the stage is damn like that. That's just so like, you're trying so hard. Like, cause no, who says damn, right? It's like, Oh damn it. Oh God damn it. Like it it felt forced. I don't mean forced in like the sense like, Oh, they just forced in this edgy line. Like it, like it felt like the voice actor forced out that word. Okay, I'm going to get real close to the mic here, and this this isn't a suggestion, this is a demand. Buy Titanfall 2 on Steam right now. It's $6. It's $6. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. Fucking buy it. Titanfall 2 is one of the best FPS games I've ever played in my life. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was, like, good or if it's just no. what our friends play. No, if you look at the reviews... It's 95, 96% overwhelmingly positive. Definitely looks good. It's these, very uh, good. Screenshots. The campaign is awesome. Multiplayer is, is even better. Ooh, ooh, I can buy it for $6. Or I can you sell can my soul to EA, EA for $5 every month. Also, oh yeah, here you go. Uh, Battlefield 4, also. Oh, it's another fantastic Fantastic game. Battlefield 4 is great. Uh, very good. Very cheap. $8. Oh, 
No, I think I'll just stick to Fortnite. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> so okay. anyway, this orchestra yeah, played Sonic one. music. <laughs> um, Nate wants to battle. Who is he? He's like a cover artist, but I think he also has his own band. He sang Endless Possibilities as well as City Escape. And I'll be honest, he does a better job at singing them than the originals. Go ahead and look. If you don't believe me, take a look at his cover of Live and Learn or Night or Night in the Wind on Spotify under his, I think it's called the Gotta Go Fast album. He just has more, he just has so much more emphasis and he just really gets into it more. Um, than the Nate original wants to battle, but yeah, his no, true no. calling is singing. <laughs> and my my guess is at least one of these covers is gonna be in the next Sonic movie. I I will put money down that it will be that one of these covers from either probably the orchestra will probably be in the next Sonic movie. Yeah, I got to add that to uh, recommendations. Watch the first Sonic movie because it's on Hulu, which I found out fairly recently. It's on Hulu? Do you have to pay for yeah. it or is it just on there? It's just on it. It's not oh. like a premium subscription. I, I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll check real quick, but Let me I'm get pretty sure it's here. just there. And uh, listener, if you have Spotify premium, it comes with uh, it comes with a free Hulu account. Does it? I thought that was only for students. Yeah. No. No, they uh they they rolled that out a couple of years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. All right. Well there's yeah, some, it's, well, there's it's, some, it's just it's on Hulu. Well, there's some there's some stuff that I'll recommend on Hulu then for end of recommendations. I, I need to start watching like TV shows and stuff. I'm just like constantly like watching YouTube. <laughs> just cause because it's so easy just to fall into different rabbit holes on YouTube. YouTube is like a drug. It is. It's, it's like it's so good, but it takes like, up so much like of your the, time. It's like the it's like uh it's like video Reddit. It is. It really is. Yeah, I got like I've yes. been like getting more um, into Reddit and it's just it's, watch... it's 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 bad for my sleep. <laughs> oh my god, they have Persona 5 the animation on here? Is this the dub or the sub? Okay, it's all the sub. Okay, so that's nothing new. I thought it was the dub. Sorry, getting distracted. Okay, I yeah, I need to get back into watching that again. I forgot. I was watching Sonic X. I need to get back into watching that. And I need to get back into watching Rick and Morty. It's Yeah, it's I just saw that, uh, that. that season five came out. Um, I, only, I only watched like the first I two or three seasons. I want to say this week. Guys, the last one was pretty good. Alex, they got Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 on Hulu. Ooh, the only Shrek movies. Awesome. <laughs> I'm I sure I'm glad Shrek that they movies. stopped the I'm glad that they stopped the the duology there. Can you imagine if they if they made a a, a third Shrek movie or a fourth one? That's probably not that bad, but I haven't seen it in a while. Shrek 2 is a god tier movie, honestly. Shrek 2 I you know, Shrek 2 is obviously good. But I, I actually, I watched a video. I won't, if I find it, I will, um, oh shit, this might've been a Jax films video. Um, but it basically laid out why, um, why Shrek two is like the, the ultimate sequel. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just 
an amazing movie. It is the perfect sequel. Uh, let me find it and I will link it. Yeah, in the I think I know what you mean. Um, oh my god. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize how much good stuff they had on Hulu. Uh Solar Opposites. That's made by the same people who uh of Rick and Morty. Oh, I gotta watch that. Okay, eventually. so this is this is uh Shafrilis Sh- uh productions. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll link yep. it in the description. Good channel. How am I'm not subscribed apparently. I like his videos. I'm gonna subscribe. But uh yeah, so I will link that in the description. I need Yeah, we to... can we can get into the the uh recommendations in a bit. Let's uh get through this Sonic Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> we keep on getting more and more and more distracted. Um I, I no, I think we're done with the Sonic Symphony. That I think that's all I said. Cause yeah, the last thing that I said is one of the cover, you know, one of these needed to be in the Sonic movie. And then you said, yeah, the Sonic movie is on Hulu now. Yeah. All right. So do you want to get into Windows 11 then? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be able to run it. Hardly anybody is going to be able to run it unless you have a laptop pretty much. Okay. So yeah, tell me about that. I've, I've heard a little bit since we talked about it last week, but I still don't know much. So the... Windows 11 check. Uh, they they have they have a they have a Windows 11 like health check thing. A majority of PCs are not are gonna say um you know you're not gonna be able to run it because you need something called a TPM or a trusted platform module. Oh, so does that mean like only if you buy like a Dell computer or no or like no an OEM? So a TPM chip it basically. It allows for like BitLocker, which is basically like drive encryption. So like if somebody tries to put that drive into like a different computer or if like that TPM gets removed or something, they need like a key to get in. It basically encrypts your drive. So it like it secures your data or whatever. But apparently, I guess it's a requirement now in Windows 11, which is stupid because a lot of people don't have it. And a lot of people are going to be really confused on why they can't upgrade yeah, so that's so it doesn't like come with that or anything. You have to know you have to first know what a TPM is. Yep. Which I don't. I uh, to be perfectly clear, I have no idea what it is. This is the first time hearing of it. Well, I just told so, you what it is. Right. Yeah, this is like I'm just being introduced to it. And you you so, can you need to have a TPM 2.0 or higher. You can't have anything yeah. lower than a 2.0. So if you have like like older hardware like like a Windows XP machine that you want to try to you know try to get this up and running with, a uh, good luck cuz that's not going to happen unless you well, go into the good luck getting a Windows XP machine running anything newer than Windows <laughs> XP. <laughs> yeah, the only way that you're going to be able to do it is uh if you somehow modify the the OS in order to run without a TPM. Yeah. So this. So how do you? How how this is gonna sound like ignorant, but how do you get a TPM if that's like the right phrasing? Let me check. How, how does one acquire a TPM? And also, so it is it. So it's a, a physical module, then, right? Yes, it's a physical thing that you plug onto your motherboard. Okay, and there's uh, just like a header there for it, or uh, or what? Uh. Yeah. Yep. There's a header for it on your motherboard. I'm trying to find something and I can't find anything. I can't find a TPM module. I'm looking on Amazon. Although I'm sure probably a lot of people are buying them because they want to, you know, 
be sure that they can actually you know run Windows 11. Uh, yeah, here's an yeah. example. Uh, Super Micro TPM, $50, just so you can run a new operating system. Yeah, that seems to be around the price that it is. I'm seeing it range from like 20 bucks used on eBay to $36 from some place. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing one uh, $118 from Dell. Yeah, I'm well, Dell upcharges a lot of shit. But I'm telling you right now, there are going to be businesses, businesses especially, they are going to be absolutely fucked when this transition happens. Because yeah. Windows 10 is only going to be around for another four more years and support in 2025. So after that, it's labeled as unsecure. And then they're either forced to upgrade the hardware, which most rollouts for new hardware, you know, kind of like refreshes, typically happen like every three or four years. So as long as the IT team is able to prepare for it, they should be fine. But I mean, what ha- what happens to all of those? What happens to all of those old computers that don't have a TPM chip? Exactly. Well, it's like it's like and, what happened and, with and Windows, Windows Seven. And then when Windows Ten is out of date, and you know everybody says you should be Windows Eleven because it's the most secure. There's going to be just so much electronic waste because of this stupid change trying to make it quote unquote more secure. Yeah. There's going to be so much e-waste because of this. Because yeah, well, it's like people- what happened with with Windows Seven, where you know the Windows Seven was being phased out. They said, "Hey, you can upgrade to Windows Ten for free." And, you know, that's what I did. But a lot of people didn't do that. And they were like, no, I like Windows 7. I'm going to stick with it. And businesses were still running on Windows 7. There are some that are still doing it. Um, There's some still running Now you have to, like, pay extra. Yeah. Yeah, like, like banks, their machines, a lot of them run on XP from what I've heard. But, yeah, it's going to be like that with Windows 7. Except with Windows 7, you didn't even need a whole separate module. So it's going to affect even more people because it's like well i want to upgrade but i don't have this module and i'm not willing to spend you know 55 dollars on a on a thing to plug in so i can run the new thing and it's just what what is what does microsoft get out of this situation i i don't know it's like what what is very very stupid though because we we're already in a we're already in a goddamn chip shortage yeah. So so now saying that oh yeah, in order to run this you need a TPM module. So now there's going to be no there's going to be no goddamn TPM modules anymore because everybody's buying them up cuz you need them to run Windows 11. Yeah, that's so weird. Like I understand if the technical spec- specifications are like, oh, you know, you got to have you know, a motherboard that has this feature built in, whatever, and it's just, you know, a common thing for for new boards. Like, I understand that, but, like, having to buy a whole new thing that's not, like, included on on new hardware. Just for an operating system. Just for the operating system. That's it's weird. Yeah, because here, let, let me tell you, let me tell, let me tell you the, the, the OS, you know, what, what you, you know, what you need in order to run it. Okay, one gigahertz or faster CPU with two or more cores that's 64-bit. That's, that's pretty reasonable. easy to come by. Four gigs of RAM. That's, yeah, that four gigabytes of RAM. That's like the minimum, like the bare minimum for like mm-hmm. an email machine. Right. So that's, that's reasonable. 
a 64 gigabyte or larger storage device. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's reasonable too. Because, because like the lowest end dirt cheap windows laptops have that much, uh, storage. Eh, not all the time. Some of them only have like 32 gigs or 24 gigs. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've come across a couple of 32 gig ones. It's impossible to operate them because windows itself takes up like 25 gigs right? Or, or whatever the number is. So you have like nothing left over, but yeah, anyone that's operating with that amount of space has bigger issues than whether or not they can run windows 11. Yeah. Uh, system firmware, you need a UEFI with secure boot, with secure boot enabled. Most PCs made within the last 10, you know, 10, seven years have that. So that's, no yeah, issue. if your PC has any business running windows 11, it'll have that. Yep. Graphics card, DirectX 12 compatible graphics. There's going to be no issues with that. Even if you have integrated because, you know, the driver, the drivers for them, like Intel or AMD, they're going to be, you know, they're they're going to work with Microsoft to make sure that they're going to be DirectX 12 compatible. Display, display um, a 9-inch or bigger at 720p. Not too hard. Yeah, basically saying you have to have a screen. Now, here's the shitty thing. You know how Microsoft keeps on pushing and pushing and pushing more and more their stupid microsoft account bullshit yeah this is the last section internet connection microsoft account internet connectivity required for setup for for windows 11 home so if you don't have pro or if you don't have enterprise or whatever you know whatever they have you are required to use a microsoft account now which is bullshit it's stupid i don't want to use a microsoft account do do you use a microsoft account like to, like to yeah, log I in? do. Or do you yeah, use like I a do. local I don't, account? I don't mind using my Microsoft account to log in. I don't mind all of that. It's not really like it. It's not inconvenient or anything, but I do totally understand the frustration because like, I don't know. I, I like having my like license associated with my account. I don't think I've ever had to actually buy a Windows 10 license no. I just I used it to log in on my old laptop and then that just like associated the product key with my account. So I've just been able to transfer it to every new computer that I've had. Right. So I like that. Fun fact. You can use any Windows 7 or Windows 8 or 8.1 product key and it'll work for 10. Well, that's pretty uh, that's pretty useful actually. I didn't know that. Yep. So you can buy like a Windows 7 product key for super cheap and I think uh, don't quote me on this. I think it will work because this product key that I have, this came from a Windows 7 Pro license. Okay. So like, so yeah, like even... I, I had the Windows 7, I have like Windows 7 Pro and then I did an upgrade to Windows 10 and that carried the license with me. Yeah. Well, even, even a Windows 10 license, if you get it from that like CD key website, whatever it's called, it's like 15 bucks, especially if you, uh, if you use like a YouTuber's like promo code, mm-hmm. it's pretty cheap. But yeah, even then I haven't had to pay even that much for it. So I don't mind using a Microsoft account. I don't think it's that big of a deal personally for me, but I definitely wish that there was more of 
like an option. Like I, I know when you're activating Windows 10, I saw on a Jay's Two Cents video that if you don't have an internet connection when you're setting it up, like when you're installing Windows 10, it'll let you just use a local account. Right. But I, I, I wish that you didn't have to know how to set up a local account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish it would just give you the option. Right. Which that's what that's what um a pro does. Pro Pro will say, hey, do you want to log in with your Microsoft account or do you want to domain join instead? Which is basically that's just other words for local account. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't just be a pro feature. Right. Yeah. So, you you know, you pay like, let me let me see the difference between, you know, Windows 10 home and pro. Like I don't think there's that much of a difference if you're oh, getting a third a party difference. key. Well, yeah, if you're getting like third party, but like yeah, ne- never uh, we'll buy Amazon. Never buy uh, an uh, an official uh, Microsoft Windows license. It is way overpriced for for what you're getting. So Windows 10 Home is one hundred and ten dollars. Oh, okay, this is the DVD. <laughs> Hold on, where's just the one? Where's just the code? Windows Ten. I think even just the code is like a hundred bucks. Yeah, something around there. Yeah, okay. Huh, that's interesting. The download is one thirty, but you can get the the disc for one ten. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here, total here it is. scam. Yeah. And then Windows ten Pro. Windows ten Pro is hundred and forty, hundred and eighty. Or if you already have Windows ten Home, you can pay a hundred dollars to upgrade to Pro, which is stupid. Yeah, it'd be cheaper just. Scam. It'd be cheaper just to back up all of your shit and reinstall windows yeah so windows 11 why you know it it was that's what i have to say it it was it was good it was good until you threw the tpm mandatory shit in there yeah it just it makes no sense like i'd understand like if it was like a cash grab even like i would at least understand but the the fact that it's like they're not even selling the module. Right. So it makes you wonder what they're getting out of this. They're getting your data. That's what they're getting out of this. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Microsoft Teams is also integrated with the new Windows. It's pre-installed. Why? Why pre-install don't, anything? I don't know. It'll be useful, It'll be useful Teams for, for good? businesses because at work I use Teams. Okay. But, you know... For people like, you know, normal people, we typically don't give a crap about Teams because you have Discord. Yeah, it's just another thing to uninstall. But uh, I think that's it for Windows 11 then. Yep. Yep. My rant about Windows 11. All right. And we go from one rant to the next. So uh, Marvel's Loki, the third episode came out this week. And... uh, there was a bit of a reveal about Loki. Uh, he basically low key uh, came out as bisexual. Uh, it just kind of came up in conversation. It was uh, it was the main Loki that we follow in the show talking to a variant of himself, basically like himself from a different timeline. It's complicated. Watch the show. It's really good. But uh yeah, so they're you know comparing life stories, and it's like, oh, I'm sure you've had 
I'm, I'm sure you've had a lot of relations or whatever. I don't remember what the exact lines were, but it was like, is there a, is there a, a princess in your life or maybe a prince? And he's like, oh, I've had a bit of both. And it's like, well, this is actually good representation. It's pretty pog. <laughs> can, we, can we get a pog in the chat for Marvel? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to do a bit of a double take because it's like, well, hold on. Is, is Disney actually doing good representation? Well, well, I think, you know, Disney, it's, owns, well, it's, it's Disney all right. It's all right. Representation. Yeah. Disney, Disney owns Marvel, but I, the, you know, the only thing that they do is they own Marvel and they, uh, they allow it yeah. to be on Disney plus, but they allow Marvel to have full creative freedom. It's not like they're forcing Marvel to, f- to put Mickey mouse in it. Still, right, yeah, but they do still ultimately have control, right, over it. It's kind of like with uh, with Star Wars, where uh, and this I was gonna talk about this anyway, but in um, I, I always have to think about it when I'm referencing the sequel trilogy because the names are completely interchangeable. The Last Jedi, no, the Rise of the the. Oh, the force awakens. No. So in, uh, the rise of Skywalker, the last one that came out episode nine at the very end, after they blow up the death star for like the seventh time, there's, uh, there are two background lesbians that kiss and that was removed for the Chinese release. So that's why I'm surprised that, well, I don't, I don't know if Loki is releasing in China or whatever. I'm sure if it is, they're, they, yeah, they've 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 changed that line, but anyway, it's just it's surprising to see Disney do actual good representation because they've tried. Like, um, they they've, I mean, how many times have we seen the first openly gay character in a Disney movie? Like in Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, they had Josh Gad's character be sort of gay subtextually. I guess he like dances with a guy in one of the dance numbers. It's never mentioned on screen or anything that he well, that, that he's gay. Well, that doesn't mean anything because you know you and I we we would dance with all with all of our friends at homecoming. Oh yeah, we we kiss our homies. <laughs> we kiss our homies. Good night. Nothing gay about it. Nothing gay about it. Just kiss our homies. Good night. So yeah, they had a guy kiss his homie, and he, and it's like, oh, this was the first gay character, and it's like, oh, slow your roll. Slow your roll, Disney. And then, uh, did you see Cruella? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I, after I asked, I was like, oh, it's premier access. You have to pay to see it. So, yeah, you probably wouldn't have. I watched it with some friends. It's it's all right. It's a good movie, I think. I want to talk about it on the show sometime in the next few weeks. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie, I'd say. But uh, in their, like, as part of their marketing they have uh their the first openly gay character again and it's uh it's a side character who owns a dress shop and uh he basically looks like a like a like a uh David Bowie cosplayer and it's never mentioned on screen that he's gay he just kind of is but the like the only like evidence that he's gay is that disney said and he sort of just kind of is a gay stereotype which is more offensive than not having representation at all 
Because it's like, well, what do you mean we don't do good representation? Look, he did the thing with his wrist and everything. And it's like, well, do better, Disney. Just, what are, what are you doing? You're not representing the LGBT community. You're satirizing them. You're, you're, you're making fun of like the stereotypes that the community has been working to like overcome. But yeah, they kind of, they're, they're, they're really getting there. They're getting to a good, uh, they're getting to a good place when it comes to representation and including, uh, LGBT characters in their stories, having Loki just as, as a passing comment mentioned, oh yeah, you've had a bit of both like that's. I'd say that's like the bare minimum in terms of representation. It's nothing spectacular, but it it is what we've been asking for. It's it's not like a like in your face kind of thing. I'm not one of those guys that's like, "Oh, don't force it." Like what the what does that mean? But um yeah, I just don't I don't like stereotyping and I don't like using LGBT characters for your marketing just to say look we got the gays involved now buy our product but yeah so i guess um at the end of this rant about how terrible disney is i would just like to say good job disney and uh well more specifically good good job marvel and good job disney for letting marvel do representation and that's that's the last of our material before we get into this week's movie pick of the week i'm i'm sorry dude i mean we talked about it last week we had we had to watch it i told you how bad it is we had to look you're absolutely right everything you just said was correct it is terrible so this week's movie pick of the week is it's not not even a movie it's like 50 minutes long yeah it's a a movie a movie means movement and there is no movement (laughs) this week's movie of the week is the 1993 3do game plumbers don't wear ties (laughs) big quotes on with a, a whopping 18% 18% of people on Google liking it. Probably ironically. So yeah, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties is a self-described interactive romantic comedy starring uh, a wrestler and a guy. That's all that you need to know going in. I actually, okay, you know, I I will say I... I did get some entertainment out of this because when I was done, I watched a video about the actress's career and that Mm -hmm. was genuinely entertaining to hear about. Did you watch the AVGN review on it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I watched at least part of it. I don't remember if I finished it. It was, it was pretty decent. Wasn't it? Yeah. He he makes, he Um, makes a lot, he makes a lot of good comments on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll link both of those videos in the description. So, uh, plumbers don't wear ties. Um, yeah. So I watched this with Haley. We both felt thoroughly uncomfortable. Uh, first of all, (laughs) it, it feels like a piece of like analog horror. If you don't know what analog horror is, 
it's basically it's a genre of horror where you watch something on screen usually it's like a news broadcast and it starts off normal but then it gets progressively like spookier i guess or like eerie or whatever uh there's a, a it's done in a multitude of ways it's a very creative genre i'll link a video about it in the description a lot of videos in the description this week but yeah this felt like something that i was watching but i wasn't watching what's on the screen i it felt like i was inhabiting an alternate universe that's what it felt like you know what it feels like Hmm. you know those uh those creepy pastas where it's like i bought a haunted game cartridge and now it's trying to kill me right right like the like the, the the cursed like pokemon cartridge or whatever yeah yeah this feels like like if ben drowned was was a a fake movie yeah anyway getting into the the substance of it first of all i would say it aged horribly (laughs) oh yeah but that would imply that it was good at some point so yeah the opening it's i can only assume a dream sequence this guy's dreaming about nascar or something yeah (laughs) just like just this random picture of like a panda or like something popping up and then like inverted colors and like all sorts of different yeah. stuff. Yeah. Why is it inverted? I don't know why it's inverted, man. I ask this question. I ask it to you, myself, and the universe. But why? I know <laughs> that there's why? no answer. I know that I'm never gonna have that question answered for me. I know it's never gonna happen. I just I feel like I'm screaming at a brick wall when I ask why are the colors inverted it just it gives it such a nightmare quality i kind of took stream of consciousness notes while i was watching it because i really didn't want to watch it again to do notes for some reason i wrote i can't nut if i'm terrified i guess referencing oh yeah and now i remember what i was referencing with that there's like a part that's like warning gratuitous nudity and it's like an extremely extended shower sequence. Yeah, it went on for like almost like five minutes long. And by the way, you mentioned this at the top of the segment, but yeah, this is a slideshow. Yeah, the only it's movement is the, is the introduction. It is all just pictures, low quality pictures, low quality pictures with narration with, over them. Yep, and like terrible stock music. So yeah, they have like this extended weirdly censored shower sequence so yeah i guess that's why i wrote i can't not if i'm terrified oh yeah and then my next note this guy so uh, john the male protagonist is i can only put this one way he's a problematic misogynist i believe when uh he meets jane the female protagonist he just he has this internal monologue where he goes off on like it feels like feels like this guy went down the alt-right pipeline talking about like, oh, this woman is too easy, but also I want her number. But she gave me her number. That means she's easy and she's a whore. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, have you never talked to a woman? Have you have you never talked or just a anyone? Have you never talked to anyone what the fuck kind of writing is this? Was 1993 a different dimension? Oh, yeah, I also wrote this down. This is the worst playthrough. So in this game, if you want to call it that, 
there are multiple like branching timelines, I guess, to a certain extent. But yeah, so at the very beginning, you can pick a series of different options. You can have the uh, the two main characters meet at the beginning, or you can have them meet later. I believe this person has them meet later. Basically, this playthrough that I that that we watched for this and that will be linked in the description is like the worst playthrough. So this this woman Jane, she has a job interview. I don't I don't remember what the job is or or what, but she basically gets caught in a casting couch situation where uh the guy interviewing her is like, "Oh yeah, sure, you can have a job here, just to, you know, take off your clothes." And so you can either have her go along with it or walk out. And we see both uh, yeah, options you see, you play see, like, out. The worst option and then like the best option. I'm just going to say this right now. The worst option was the best option. Here, here the, I'll be right option, back. Right, but I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to keep on listening. Okay, you can still hear me? Yeah, I got wireless headphones. Awesome. I got, All right. I got my AirPods. Okay. Yeah, so this situation that the game doesn't want you to go with the game stops you if you pick this option the option is you can have her go along with it and so she's like oh i've never done this before she takes off her clothes and then you see her in like a like a full dominatrix rig she has like props she has a a whip and handcuffs she has like the garters and everything and she honestly takes control of the situation She's like, so what's my salary? And he's like, oh, you can have whatever you want. And it's like, yeah, this is a this is the best way that this could have panned out. Honestly, if you, like once you get to this point, because it's like now she she is a girl boss. She is a gaslight gatekeep girl boss and she gets what she wants and she has fun doing it. And then the game is like, no. No, you turned her into a whore. So now the game itself, the omniscient narration tells you, no, you can't have this girl doing this. That would make her a slut. And again, I ask, is 1993 a different dimension? Because like, I get that like sex positivity and female empowerment, at least our modern ideas of it, are fairly new. But for the game to be this mask off... In terms of like, no, women can't hold positions of power. Feels so, like, I don't even know what word to use. It feels so blatant, I guess. So yeah, the game tells you, no, you can't do this. You can't you, pick the other option or start over. Uh, it basically says, pick another, pick the other option or fuck off. So you pick the and other option. And there's a scoring system for the game, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, there, yeah there's, it's... The game tells you there's a score. It shows you the score. Nothing's done with I it. I think it's just a random number, to be honest. <laughs> it's just an excuse for the narrator be, to be like, oh, I've never had a score this low. Anyway, so you pick the other option. And um, so she tries to get away. She already has her shirt off, by the way. So she's like in her like her bra. Yeah. And so she tries to she's run away. The guy around, like, like the like quote unquote running around in public. Yeah, there's no continuity, by the way. She has her shirt off in one scene, shirt on in the next, shirt off in the next. But anyway, so yeah, this guy, this this boss man, he tries to like grab her leg 
as she tries to get away, she runs away. This guy grabs like a pen or something and he, or a letter opener. And he like is legitimately trying to stab her. Yeah. And now we get to our next moment, uh, our next branch in the timeline, our next nexus event, if you will, where as John, now you have the opportunity to either reason with this man or I guess chase him. I don't, but the first option that that is picked in this playthrough is John talks to him and they're like, Hey, you know, we both like, um, want to say they said like fishing or something. I don't know. They, they find a common interest and they end up like flirting. I, that's the only way I can describe it. They like walk away holding hands and then the game is like, no, pick the other option or fuck off. <laughs> so then we see the other option play out and then they all end up in this, I guess, abandoned building, I want to say. But anyway, so yeah, they end up in this room, in this building together. And the boss is like, how about, or uh, I guess John pins the guy, uh, restrains him. And Jane is like, I'm going to call the police. And she's like, or, uh, and the boss is like, well, hold on. We don't have to get the police involved. How about we just settle this? I give you $5 million. For one night. And I get a night with you. <laughs> for one night. I, you know what? $5 million for one night. I would take that. Yeah, I, dude. I, That's hell yeah. $5 million. If you, you can do, if you, you can, can like, do in, especially if you, you can like invest me, that. As long as you don't kill me. <laughs> I don't I don't care what you do. I don't care what I, I don't care what you do to me for five million dollars. As long as you don't like incur a bunch of like expenses and as long as you live like under like a certain dollar amount per year, that will last you your whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can live comfortably for the rest of your life with five million dollars. I do not know. I, I couldn't even blow through five million dollars in my lifetime. I I can like I cannot think of anything that I could blow with five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I buy a nice I mean, if, nice house and a car. Yeah, if I if I had the choice, five million dollars, I'm set for life. I never have to work again. But I just have to I I have to fuck Harvey Weinstein for one night. I'm taking that. Yeah, I mean, I'm well. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you would be taking it. <laughs> God. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, she's presented with this very lucrative business deal and John is like, well, hold on this, this guy, he doesn't have the money to back it up. And then the guy is like, uh, you're not even worth it anyway. I'll give you 1 million for, or uh, I think he said like, I'll give you the 5 million for a whole weekend. And then he's like, eh, 1 million whole weekend and then they like negotiate he's like i'll give you a thousand bucks yeah they they keep they go on for like a solid like i don't know they they go on this whole stupid scene for at least like seven or ten minutes of just nonsense yeah yeah exactly that's that's really common with this uh actually there's a lot of stuff there's a whole bunch of of nonsense It, it just gets dragged out for no reason exactly yeah so and I believe at this point you can either have Jane accept the offer or reject it. If she accepts it, she's a sugar baby and she's living her best life. 
and she's happy with it and you know she gets she gets paid all she has to do is fuck harvey weinstein which you can decide if that's worth it i guess but then the game tells you pick the other option or fuck off pick the other option or die yeah and so we see the other option play out where john and jane ride off into the sunset and they end up together oh and by the way I just remembered this at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the story, John has a conversation with his mother and she's like, Oh, wear that tie I bought for you. And he's like, but mom plumbers Plumbers don't don't wear wear ties. He said it. He said the thing. I love it so much. I love it. Oh, he said the thing. I love it when people say the name of the thing that they're in. (laughs) It's so dumb, dude. You got to say something bold so I can say the thing. Ah, uh, he said it. He said the thing. You know what? I just realized, <laughs> you know, this show is called Bold to You to Say, but we don't say anything bold anymore. We say nothing. That concept, yeah, I try that to, concept I try like to, died in like 10 episodes. I try to pepper it in. I try to. But no, you can't you can't build a show off of a single gimmick or else it becomes stale eventually or you have to transition so just don't even bother <laughs> committing to the theme. Well, sorry, but Codex is doing it. Codex, History of Podcast, or History of Video Games is still on their theme, but it's a pretty general theme or gimmick. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so at the end of the game, John and Jane are together, or they're, they're talking, and I think the exchange goes with some, something along the lines of like Jane says, what are you wearing that silly tie for? He's like a plum. He's like, I'm a plumber. And she's like, but plumbers don't wear ties. And so yeah, they say like, the thing ah, again. They said the thing. They said the thing. Oh, by the way, I, I just read this note. I uh, completely forgot that there was one part where they just kept a blooper in. For oh some yeah. Reason. Yeah. They kept an outtake in for no reason, <laughs> which like, it's funny. I, I generally like it's, outtakes. It's not, I like it's not a good even outtake funny, reel. Though. Yeah, I like a good outtake reel, but don't include it in the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that virgin line. Yeah, there's, I guess, when they're talking, Jane is like, oh, I'm a virgin. And John is like, yes, fucking love virgins. Yeah. Yeah, 1993, different dimension. Might as well be a whole different plane of reality in terms of like attitudes towards women and like bodily autonomy and stuff. But anyway, yeah. So John and Jane end up together. They ride off into the sunset figuratively. And I think the part that I hate the most about plumbers don't wear ties is that by the end, I actually kind of cared about them getting together. (laughs) I actually got myself invested in this sort of romantic comedy to the point that I actually felt emotions. Quite frankly, I feel ashamed of that. You know what I want to happen? I want to see a high school play or some sort of musical of plumbers don't wear ties. I want to see them attempt (laughs) to adapt it into a musical or a play. I okay, so you know how like high school productions will like kids bopify the uh the original source material? Yeah. Like with uh 
like high school productions of Greece. Uh, when when Rizzo gets knocked up, instead of having her be pregnant, they have her like fail a test. So like they just they completely like neuter the source material because it's high school. But yeah, so I want to see what they would do instead of her getting me tooed. Oh boy, you know you just unlocked a deep deep memory in my brain of what Benzie when i mentioned did. me too well no, i'm no, terrified no, no. now no 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 um no of the uh of, of the Benzie whole you know or like high school plays like basically making the plays P- or musicals pg remember that whole debacle i don't know like i don't know like four years ago five years ago where it where they wanted to do a musical or a play and it had a scene of like i don't know of like a gay couple like holding hands or like kissing or something yeah. like that and the school rejected it i was and there the whole, yeah the whole school flipped their shit over it i was at the protests for that yeah i was there i was there at stonewall <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no we so this I, was i remember you guys I did believe, it at like a football game and like yeah, all the football I, players were like what the fuck are these idiots doing yeah uh, well, that's what I think at football games. So I guess the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought so too. yeah, so I uh, we we this was my freshman year, I believe. Sorry, I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, it, it was my sophomore year actually, but that's not important. It was my sophomore year. We wanted to do Almost Maine, which is generally regarded as a really good show, and you know the director was all in on it, and we were excited to do it. But the school, I, I don't know if it was like the school board or the principal, because the principal uh, was and is a moron and a complete asshole and a Very much freaking so. jackwad. And I'm willing to say that I'll say it to his face. I'll invite him on the show just so I can say it to his face. <laughs> have have a debate with him. Just that's a just, that's a layup of a debate. Have a have a debate just so you can walk off. I won't say his name out of a sense of decency or something because I don't want him to sue or whatever. But yeah, he's a dumbass. And quite frankly, at times he endangers the student body. Very much so. With With his idiocy. So yeah, I feel very strongly about this. But yeah, so anyway, Almost Maine got canceled by the school and everyone was upset about, well, people were upset on both sides. There were some conservative Christian parents that didn't know what the fuck they were talking about because they thought that, oh, this is indoctrination into the LGBT woke culture ideology. Uh, Like they basically thought it was going to turn their kids gay. If people that are completely unrelated to their children put on this play, right? Like parents of just random high schoolers were like, that's just, this is, this is the the gay agenda. That's just Benzie in general. People, yeah, people getting upset about progress. That's basically, that's a large part of that area. So, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of parents were getting all up in arms about it. And when it got canceled, me and the other people that were that were going to be in the play were, of course, upset. We ended up doing Our Town, which felt like, and I and I believe this is what it was. It was like a direct, like, fuck you to the principal and the school board because it was basically like if you won't let us do this heartwarming story about what it means to love 
then we will do the most bleak, frankly, boring, depressing play about like death, like the nature of death. And it's like, is this what you want? Because it it was a depressing play. It's about like a kid that dies and then learns about life from all uh, the other people that died. It's it's a depressing play. And uh, yeah, I actually played an alcohol. Uh, I actually played in in that show. I played an Wait, alcoholic so, uh, so choir the, director that killed himself. So he was okay. So they weren't okay with a gay couple holding hands or kissing or whatever, but they were okay with I will get into the specifics of that in a minute, but yeah, they're okay with it. Also, we did Bye Bye Birdie a couple years before that, uh, my eighth grade year. We did Bye Bye Birdie, and there's like an Elvis stand-in that like flirts with minors, and there's a part where they're like, let's have an orgy, these underage children, and there's like alcohol involved like a character gets drunk at one point and punches another guy that's all fine but almost main is is terrible and it ruins the nuclear family or something but you know what was so bad in almost main you know what Mm. was so horrible about it uh that that it got shut down was that it features uh so all right, so the structure of Almost Maine, this is important to know. The structure of it is it's basically a bunch of short stories that tie into each other. And they're all about like love in its different forms. And there's one that is written ambiguously, so you can have it as either a same-sex or opposite-sex couple. We were going to do same-sex because that's just how it's done. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, it just in makes it more interesting. The- in addition and to giving representation. Light to, right. Yeah. So that's how we were going to do it. And that's how we ended up doing it the next year, actually, when it finally got approved. So th- this does have a good ending. But what got people so up in arms about it is that this scene that features two characters of the same sex, uh, they just say that they love each other. That is it. That's they it. don't hold that, hands. They don't kiss. Nothing. That, that's it. That's literally it. That's it. Oh my god. And well, you see, the thing is, people heard about that, and so there was like a game of telephone that that went on, where it got turned into a bigger thing. People acted like, oh, uh, like oh, I, I I heard about this. I heard yeah, like I heard that they like kiss in this scene. They don't. That's just someone that that's just something that people started saying because they assumed it must be something bigger than them just saying that they love each other. Right. You'd think. Well, I mean, with the outrage around it, you'd think that they'd be bareback fucking on stage. (laughs) Now, that's interesting. That would make the show worth seeing. Now, that's how you get an audience's attention and participation, possibly. (laughs) jeez that yeah so anyway plumbers don't wear ties it's a story (laughs) oh my god so do you have any uh do you have any final words to say about it before we move on you know i gotta see how much this game is worth on ebay because i think it's very expensive actually it seems like the kind of thing that would be Cause it's like either you don't want it 
or you really want it. So if if you're going to be buying it, you are a collector. You're also insane. <laughs> okay, so let yeah. me see here. Uh, so a 3DO costs $145, which is a lot for a console that doesn't have any games. Yeah. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, loose, is $130, or a complete is a, is $275. So in total, you'd be paying $275 to play this game if you were going to buy it loose with just the console. Or So, for some reason, when I Google Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and I go to the shopping tab, there are exactly two things that pop up. There's Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, disc only, on eBay for $170, or yep. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and Nero Dancer Super Rare 3DO Complete Lot on eBay for $1,000. Oh, what? I think I think they did release a PC version of Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. I don't remember. But still, there's no reason to get this game at all. Quote-unquote game. Yeah, the only reason you would buy it is for the meme. Right, which I I'll be get, honest, like the, I'm probably the one that's I'm, coming out, like I'm the probably, re-release. I think I'm gonna get the physical version of it as a meme, as a complete joke. Okay, and, and maybe get, this is I, what my collection will be. Maybe my collection <laughs> will be obscure old games that I find at the bottom of a dollar bin <laughs> at Rite Aid. <laughs> oh yeah, like and, okay, plumbers don't wear ties. Obviously, I. I'm not getting it from Rite Aid, but it does fit that category. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know what? Okay. So our, our roommate had a tapestry hung up in the living room yeah. uh, behind the couch and she took it down cause she's moving. Right. And so we just have a bare section of wall and we were like, Haley and I were talking about what we're going to put uh, up there to fill up that space. What about the like, album that I gave you? Why? Uh, that's a good one. Too. I, I actually really want to do like a record display. I, I found a really easy way to do it. I just haven't gotten around to doing it, but that might actually be a good way to fill up that space. But anyway, what, what, we were talking what about like, that I got you again. Uh, I don't remember. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking about like, Oh, maybe if we got like, you know, whatever piece of art, we're just talking about it. And I was like, you know, what would go great up there? And I take my copy of Zach and Cody for the Game Boy Advance. I just pulled it up there and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you know how I love uh, absurdist post postmodern art. And she's like, well, actually, you have a point. So I taped it up there and it would still be there had it not fallen off. I'm actually going to reattach it tonight. Ah, gotcha. You got to get like one of those like plastic cases to put it in to like protect it. I'm going to get like a shadow box for it. I got to buy it. No, I want to get a shadow box for my NES zapper. I want to, I want to mount it like a real gun. Cause I, I just, for some reason, I think that's hilarious. It's a shadow box. It's, it's basically like a box. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to get They're this kind of album. expensive. So I want to get this album. It's, it's, it's by the same person. That I sent the it's called the the album that I sent you, it's called Blast Radius, by the way. Okay. So let me say. Um It has okay, that album has some meme songs on it. Right. But it also has good songs on it. It's even the meme songs are, are great. St- like it's it's kinda like Richard Cheese, where it's like it's funny, but it's also just good. Mm-hmm. 
So, so this, so this one that I that I sent, Ma, um, it doesn't have like any meme songs or anything. Like all the songs are pretty damn good. I just don't know if I get the CD, if I get the vinyl for the for the vinyl collection that you know Cam and I have, or mm-hmm. I get the, um, or I get the vinyl and CD combo. So then I have a so then I have oh. a a disc version because I because I collect you know I collect CDs for my favorite artists. Well, the the record and the uh, CD. Where is that? It's like forty. Yeah, the record and the CD seems like a a good deal, especially if you're gonna like have a record collection. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, go for it. Room. Yolo. I'm- I'm gonna yourself. buy this. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this right now. Actually, uh, not 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 the Pepper Coyote one, but the this album is really really good. Actually, Brian Scary and the Shredding Cheers, Flight of the Knife. It's it's okay. great. It's really good. Okay, I'm, not, I'm just gonna buy that right now. I'm gonna buy the last copy. Do it. That reminds me of a a meme uh, book that I bought. And um, by the way, book. we can just get into recommendations. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can get into recommendations, then we can discuss this because that's good. I'm sorry, this is going to be a lot of editing for you. Yeah, so I, uh, I guess going into my first recommendation of the week, um, I bought a book, uh, which I don't normally do. It is by one Dick Cody Heese or uh, Dick C Heese, Dick Dick Cheese. You get it. Stop, stop. So. His whole thing is, uh, I, I admire what he does. He takes old, I believe they're all public domain books and he just changes a little bit of it and then sells that. And it's like a, it's like a parody kind of thing. He did, uh, the great Gatsby, but Nick has scoliosis. He did the Franken, he did a Frankenstein, but the monster has a gluten allergy. And he also released the book that I bought. The Communist Manifesto, but Tony Hawk can keep his stuff. It's the Communist... Oh, all right, I'll just... I'll read you the little, like, introduction thing. So this is, like, in the copyright info section. Tony Hawk has not expressed his views regarding his preferred political ideology. He has not endorsed this part... He has not endorsed <laughs> this part parody of Marx and Engels, the Communist Manifesto, and part satire of his upstanding public figure. This work is solely based on Dick Cody Heese's satirical assumption that Marx and Engels would have written beneficial exemptions into the manifesto for Tony Hawk on the basis of his skateboarding skills and well-loved personality had he existed during their time. This work is protected under fair use. So yeah, it's the Communist Manifesto, except there's little passages, except there's little uh, passages written in about how Tony Hawk is allowed to keep his stuff. um uh chapter one bourgeois and the proletariats the history of all hitherto existing societies and the history of class struggles and sick tony hawk kickflips so yeah um he uh he has like store pages on amazon i got my copy from barnes and noble because it was cheaper there but uh, yeah, he also he's on TikTok, which is um, where you can see him like show off his new books. It's uh, it's pretty funny stuff, I think. It really it really tickles my funny bone. But yeah, check check that out. Um, I think I'll link in in the description if there's like 
if he has like a uh his own website i'll link that so anyway uh next recommendation uh we can talk about the summer sale stuff because we were talking about that during the uh, sonic symphony section but i just wanted to talk about it again here for anyone that skips around so yeah the steam summer sale started uh, i believe yesterday uh as of when we're recording and uh yeah there's a lot of great deals uh if you if you don't know the the steam summer sale is one of their see their seasonal sales and there's a lot of you know big discounts on games if you're uh if you're a pc gamer or if you just have a computer that can run some games yeah we were talking about how uh, a bunch of the sonic games were on sale like sonic generations is five bucks a uh, great deal uh sonic adventure 2 is uh, i think 250 um i got black mesa which uh, was recommended to me by ian i so i started the first half-life game wasn't really into it because like yeah, the graphics were just so outdated I, I i know that's shallow of me but yeah i just couldn't deal with how like 1999 it was but yeah so black mesa is on sale for i want to say like eight dollars let me check uh before i go on okay so yeah it's on sale for eight dollars it's i believe it was a mod that it was like a community made thing and then valve was like yeah we love it so i i believe they like bought it or something or they at least allow it to exist and yeah so it's like i believe they use the half-life 2 engine yeah they use source yeah they use source they use a source engine so which is older but it does hold up very well so yeah it's like a modern way to play the first half-life so yeah i'm gonna i I bought it i installed it and i'm gonna play it when i have time to i actually have some books to recommend even though i don't read and i actually haven't gotten to reading this and i bought this i don't know like how many years ago or not how many years ago like i don't know probably at least like six or seven months ago I've, i've yet to read it but it's very very good so the first one is the ultimate history of video games so here i'll show you this is a thick for the gamer in your life this is a thick book look at this thing like it's like it's like 600 pages i have my camera on if you see that yeah let me uh oh wow that is thick it's a very thick boy it's around 600 pages it goes through the entire history of video games up from pinball all the way up to like 2001 this was uh, like before the original xbox came out but it's very very good but they also they just put up the Ultimate History of Video Games Volume 2. Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and the Billion Dollar Battle to Shape Modern Gaming. It hasn't come out yet, but you are able to pre-order it, and it comes out on August 24th. So is this um is this what Codex uh based their uh their stuff on? Because I remember Yes. Yep. So okay. th- that's th- that's what they based their probably I'd have to look at their show. I'd have to scroll through because they have a lot of episodes. They're on their 159th episode. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. They they did their first 25 episodes using that book. And then from there, they've just done different topics and such. So, yeah. So they have the first one. And then the second one is coming out later this year. That's um, awesome. In addition, there is another book called Ask Iwata. Words of Wisdom, the words of wisdom from Satoru Iwata, Nintendo's legendary CEO. 
So this was uh, this was made in commemoration of Awada's passing. And I, I'm not sure when Awada passed away, but he was a huge part of Nintendo, helped create a lot of games. Kirby, Smash Bros. was one of them. He helped he helped uh he helped create the original Smash Bros. He helped with with Pokemon, the DS, the Wii. He helped with all sorts of different stuff. It's pretty it's a pretty cheap book. The Kindle version, the online ebook version is $12 or you can pay two more dollars and get a physical version. You know, me being me, it's physical, you know. And in addition, the physical version of this book is hardcover as well for 13 bucks. I'm not sure how many pages it is, though. Let me see how many pages it is. It is 176 pages. So it's a decent read. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if you're not, you know, a reader, you can also you just use, don't want to buy it. You can use today's can, d- today's sponsor, <laughs> Audible. Um, we're not, we're not no, actually sponsored say by can, Audible. Uh, I wish. I would, I I would wish. take some Bezos money. <laughs> After doing a video basically saying we should jettison him from the atmosphere. <laughs> um, I That would be such a power move, taking his money after making that video. <laughs> or or even better, um, even better, like taking like a sponsorship, like like before that video, or before that episode, and then the next episode we just bash on him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, that's the dream. But yeah, anyway, I was going to say... <laughs> If you don't want to read that book, or if you don't want to buy it, or whatever, you could listen to Codex History of Video Games with Mike Coletta and Tyler uh, Ostby. Mike, Mike, Mike Coletta and Tyler Ostby, yep. Yeah. They also do have a Discord as well, which you will see me in there a decent amount just showing off my collection. So if you are interested in seeing my collection and it ever, ever growing, um, you could go ahead and uh, yeah, and see that. Oh yeah, that yeah, that can be another thing that I picked up. Um so by the way, I, listen to them after you're done with this, okay? <laughs> I see you clicking over. I see you I see you clicking on their on their show. Okay, quit that. <laughs> um so I picked up here, I'll I'll turn on my camera for this as well. Um so I picked up four more new games for my collection. I paid $180. For four games. The first one is I'll turn on my camera so I can show you. The uh the first one is classic Super Mario Brothers 3. Nice. And then we have Kirby's Adventure, which in my opinion, Kirby's Adventure is probably one of the best NES games. Actually, in my opinion, it's the best NES game. But that's just me being me. This I accidentally well, this I picked up. But I wasn't sure when the Super Monkey Ball re-release was going to come out or the remake. So I got the original Super Monkey Ball on GameCube. And then this was the big one. Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. It has only gotten re-released twice. Once on the Wii Virtual Console and on the SNES Classic. Take a guess how much this guy cost me. This one game. This This is the most I've ever spent on one single game, by the way. Um, was it over a hundred? It was not over a hundred, but it was very close. It was $90 for this copy. Yeah. But I, I think that's, that's probably going to be the most I'll ever spend on my video game collection. I don't think there's, there's never been a game in my collection that I've spent more than $90 on now. Well, hey, sometimes you gotta, you gotta get a little, a little something big. Yep. Yep. 
and the I, they're getting very very hard to find. So like as soon as I saw this, I was like, you know what? This is gonna hurt to get this, but I don't care. I I, I need it. It's part of my collection. Yep, and now you'll have it forever. So yep, you know, until it, the battery dies. <laughs> so yeah, more recommendations. We mentioned earlier Sonic the Hedgehog on Hulu. If you have Spotify Premium, uh, it comes with a free Hulu account. Uh, that's that's how I have it. So yeah, there's a a lot of stuff on Hulu actually. Like it, I I don't think of it that much, but there is a lot of good stuff on Hulu. Yeah, there is. Um, like Sonic the Hedgehog, the mm-hmm. best movie of 2020, <laughs> even if it's by default. <laughs> Let's see here. They have Sonic X on there, which I grew up with. They have the Animaniacs reboot, which is actually really, really good. It's really good. Modoc is on there. Yeah, I started Modoc. It's pretty good. I just haven't gotten around to finishing it. Rick and Morty is on there. Yep, we stand Rick and Morty. <laughs> Gotta get your IQ booster shot. <laughs> uh, Shrek 1 and 2. Solar Opposites, which is made by the same people who made Rick and Morty. Regular show, The the Amazing World of Gumball. I need to rewatch that. That's a good show. Gravity Falls. Watch this show. Gravity Falls is amazing. Adventure Time is on there, which from what I've heard is also amazing. Steven Universe is on there. Oh, the original Chowder is on there, too. Oh, I love Chowder. Chowder was great. The original Diary of the Wimpy Kid is on there. Not I by could Roderick. take or leave Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> no. Huh? I, I could take or leave Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but Chowder. Chowder, that that's the shit. I love Chowder so much. Chowder is very good. Chowder made me who I am today. (laughs) I think my favorite episode is where they ran out of money and they had to do the car wash. One of my favorites, one that stuck with me was when Gaspacho tried to do stand up and the whole episode was just them like trying to come up with material. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I loved that. Great show. I love, uh, you know what, that show gave me my taste for uh, absurdist post-postmodern art and comedy. That that show, I guess you could say, is the reason why I taped uh, the Game Boy Advance Zack and Cody game to my wall. <laughs> anyway, more recommendations. Um, I mentioned earlier why Shrek 2 is a perfect sequel. A uh, great video about why Shrek 2 is not just a perfect movie, but also a perfect sequel. I put on uh, This Could Be the Next Mario Kart, which was the Super Nintendo Kart thing that I was talking about. Uh, Like I said, Alex, we got to watch it after this, after we're done with this. Yeah. I mentioned Titanfall 2. Um, Fantastic game. Servers are still up. Lots of people still playing. Very, very cheap. Campaign is probably one of the best since like Black Ops 1 and 2. Sonic Adventure 2, pretty decent. Um there's some there's some bad parts. Some of the lip syncing is really bad because it was uh they were rushed for development. So what they did is they just took the the Japanese like lip sync and then they just put the English over it. So that's why so that's why you have that scene so it's where like an, it's like a poorly dubbed anime. Yeah. So that's why you have that scene where it's it's Sonic versus Shadow, and you know, you think you're the faker, huh? C- you know, you know, comparing yourself to me, huh? And then, and then, you know, Sonic cuts him off. I'll make you eat those words. That's what. That's why he gets cut <laughs> off. Is because it's because it's you know 
English is typically longer than Japanese for speaking wise. Yeah. They're just, they get to the point. They get to the point. I wish we point. could do that. <laughs> this, this show would be 25 minutes if it was in Japanese. <laughs> and then Sonic Generations. Fantastic. All The main game is great. Probably get around, I don't know, 10 or so hours out of it. You know, 15 hours. Uh, mods are uh, pretty much infinite. Lots of character mods. Lots and lots of character mods. A good amount of, of stage mods. So... And the final recommendation is my personal YouTube channel. I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to mention in the intro. But yeah, I put out a video on my personal YouTube channel, which I will link in the description. The title is Jeff Bezos is going to space. Let's keep him there. Basically um, talking about the uh, Jeff Bezos story from last week, talking about where he was, uh, how he was going to space. But I kind of fleshed it out a little bit more went into what exactly Jeff Bezos's power level is because it is actually you you can calculate Jeff Bezos's exact power level. Uh and that's what I did in this video. So go check it out. I do have one more recommendation. And I and this is anime. All right, and then after actually. that I have one more. <laughs> and we could do one more after that and then one more. <laughs> and this is anime, which I don't really watch anime. But while while ago um, I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion, and holy shit, it's probably one of the best animes I've ever watched. Probably because it's only been like one of two I've ever watched, but still, it's really, really good. Really dark, really depressing, but oh my god, it's so good. I know you don't watch anime at all, Alex. Well, I watch like Studio Ghibli stuff, but outside of that, no, not really. Yeah. Cam never watched any anime before this, before Neon Genesis Evangelion. And within like the first two or three episodes, he was like, one more, one more, one more, one more. And the nice thing about Neon Genesis Evangelion is it's very short. It's not like Dragon Ball Z where it's like 300 episodes long. It's only like 26, 27 episodes long. And then there's, and then there's one movie which is an alternate ending to the main series and then there are three kind of remastered alternate like universe kind of ending kind of movie things that they have going on it's neon genesis one point i think it's like 1.0 2.2 and 3.3 and then they just released 3.0 plus 1.0 in japan either this past either this year or this past year so now we're just waiting for it to come over to the West or to the States. Yeah, you know, I, I love it when a story knows when to end. Like I watched Over the Garden Wall with Haley and it's like 10 episodes. Each episode is like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love a story that knows when to end. That's also another reason why I recommend Gravity Falls is because it actually ends. It's maybe only about, oh, I would yeah. say, 30 or 40 episodes. When Gravity Falls is so good. I want to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since like I watched it in middle school. It's very good. You you uh you definitely need to watch it in order because it all builds on top of each other. Well that's that hey, that's bold of you to say. <laughs> I said the thing. You know, I just realized something, Alex. I said the thing. We can't release this episode. Actually, no, no, no. No, we can. We can. Okay, never mind. Um I, I said we didn't we I was gonna say we didn't fill our Star Wars quota, but we did talk about it. Oh. During the Marvel Disney thing. You're so yeah. 
you know, I've been cutting it close. We haven't been talking you, about yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, you've been cutting it real damn close, bud. Monthin Ice. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think I got anything else unless you got something. No, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of You to Say. Uh, unless it's your first time here, then thank you for watching your, or listening to your first. If you like this, check out some more of our episodes. Check out my personal YouTube. Follow Jake on, on Twitter. Follow him on Twitch. He is He's not currently streaming, uh, but when he does, it'll be a good time. You're going to want to be there. When I get out of the house, I'll start I'll start streaming. Yeah. Follow me on social media, uh, on my Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Link in description. Uh, if you want to help out the show, check out our merch page on TeePublic or just share the show with a friend. Uh, share our episodes, tweet out our clips. Our clips channel is linked in the, in the description. Leave us a review on Podchaser. That's another great way to help us out. Uh, leaving us a review on Podchaser helps with the algorithm or something. And yeah, just uh, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Turn on notifications for new episodes. Turn on automatic downloads. And uh, have a good 9 a.m. through 9 p.m., our official business hours. And uh, just, you know, 